to Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings now have a home. This is episode 11 of season 2. Today we are going to be celebrating Dylan Larkin finally getting that C as if there was going to be any other person that was going to hold that. Uh, as we heard today in all the press conferences and interviews, it was just a matter of time, obviously. Uh, but we're also going to touch on that hur- uh, Carolina Hurricane, I almost said a Hurricane Lina. Uh, maybe a Hurricane Rano is where I was going. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes series, we're going to start calling it, coming up this weekend. Uh, we're going to make some jokes about Franz Nielsen, and uh, we've got an interview with uh, Zach from Kane's Train Podcast, where we're going to really get you guys all set up uh, for the first series uh, of the uh, the new season for the Detroit Red Wings. So hang around for that. It's a great conversation to get to know uh, somebody who dives really deep into the Carolina Hurricanes, what his thought process is uh, for this upcoming season. And uh, what uh, Red Wings fans should get ready for uh, for the weekend. So, uh, everybody, strap in. We have another ad that we're going to uh, throw out there for you. And right after that, we'll jump right into the conversation. But here's Caps Chirp, Caps Chirp from the Hockey Podcast Network. Ah! Oh, shoot. It's not working. So you like hockey? Congratulations. You're amongst the smartest sports fans in the world. Want to fight about it? Join me, the Hockey Troll, and that snack, Polly Cupcakes, every Monday and Thursday on the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL, your Washington Capitals. Not only do we bring you the best Washington Capitals coverage, but we've got the hottest takes and the tastiest content. Tune in wherever you get your podcast and at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com Chirp us on all social media platforms at Caps Chirp See you beauties and vendors there uh, Well folks we apologize for that um, obviously not the best team in the league uh, <laughs> Not even top got, 29 in my book Yeah, We, hey, got, we got that covered I got a tap team right here for you buddy Woo! How many episodes in a row is this now that you've been wearing your Seattle Kraken stuff? Woo! Yeah, we're coming, baby. We're going to act right in your... Uh, anyway, so, uh, Matt, we got some big Red Wing news. Uh, I don't want to say any bad stuff on our show about what I almost said. <laughs> Matt, it's huge. We have a captain. We haven't had a captain in, like, like three years, kind of. Wait, maybe even longer than that. I mean... We, he had an A and like a C. Oh, my God. Matt, Dylan Larkin. Do you want me to jump it? All right, yeah. <laughs> Dylan Larkin is our captain, Matt, uh, officially. I mean, he was he had an A. I mean, we all kind of knew he was the captain. I mean, it's not like, could it? Uh, I mean, it was him. They, they just wanted him to kind of grow up, you know, have his, his early bird, you know, little feathers fall out and become a beautiful – Flying Red Hawk. Ah! Um, but, man, I, I have so many questions. I, I think this is uh, a no-brainer. Um, I, I want to talk about some of our assistant captains, but I, I don't want to, you know, step on any toes here. I know you got a whole agenda for us. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I mean, let's – oh, God, it's so loud. It's only loud on my side. I said no audio. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not hitting um, me. You're good. Yeah, we're, so this is how we could get away with this, Mike. Uh, I could share some Red Wing stuff, and there's no sound, so they can't uh, block us like they did uh, the last few weeks. Oh, uh, so yeah. they're, they're still having some fun. 
I think this video is just going to repeat. Um, th this is adorable, too. That if for anybody's watching this on YouTube, I love that shot of little baby Dylan uh, leaning in to, to hear Zetterberg. But, uh, Mike, what we heard today were so many great stories. Uh, Ted Lindsay meaning a lot to Dylan Larkin and his development, not as a hockey player, but as a human being. And, uh, of course, Dylan letting us know that Zetterberg is still someone he texts for advice. Uh, very huge for, I mean, think about Mike, how many times have you heard anybody, you know, tell you about who they talk to or who they get advice from. Um, and we know that now about Dylan. Uh, I, I just, he really opened up today. We really saw like a Dylan Larkin that is so super stoked for this to be a reality for him. Uh, yeah. they, they shared this wonderful video of him, uh, taking shot, taking pictures with the, uh, the Jersey. And, uh, they, they took some candid uh, shots or a candid video of him getting that jersey and like spinning it around and just the I mean he he looked like a kid you know he, he looked like a, a an eight-year-old kid getting that jersey um like getting one for Christmas kind of thing like he was just so excited he was so taken aback um everything about this day was just pure celebration it was all happiness it, it was so much fun to watch um it was something that all day today was just uh, a celebration, um, even to the point where they picked a great day to announce who the alternate captains were. But before we get into that, I, I just it's not anything where you can have a conversation right now about what was this the right choice? Like you said it best. This is such a no brainer. Even Iserman said today that it looked like something that was just a matter of time. Um, he knew the conversations that were on Twitter. Um, one of our uh, buddy podcasts, the the Grindline Pod, and their hashtag got a shout out today for giving give the larks uh, the C. Uh, I don't want to take any, you know. I just want to make sure credits given where credits due. Uh, but they're the ones that are always touting that hashtag. So that I mean, that got the shout out during during the interviews today with Larkin and with Iserman. It, it's just it's something we all knew was coming, but it still feels so good to just have it happen. And like I said, I, I don't really know where to take the conversation from here that, that we're not going to analyze if this was a good decision. I think it's just good to have these days where we get to celebrate because, uh, Mike. Yeah, the games haven't started. Yeah, the games start tomorrow. So, <laughs> um, No, I, I think a couple things. Like, he grew up in Waterford. That's where I live. Uh, you know, he played in Ann Arbor. Um, this, the, his roots are just so deep in Michigan, like the state of it. Um, so this is, you know, he's, he's clearly our best player. He scores the most points. He, you know, he plays defense. He's our best two way forward. Um, you know, Blashill said today, he's got the respect of every single person in that locker room. There's, there's no question about it. So if you're going to lead the team, you want to have, um, you know, their attention, um, you know, the respect, he definitely has those. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is, like you said, a moment to celebrate. Um, it's just it's great to hear. It's great to finally see. Um, I think the most surprising thing for uh -huh. me. I see what you did there. <laughs> um, is that he's the 37th Red Wings <laughs> captain. I, I was always under the impression there's only been like three of them. There's like Lidstrom, Iserman for like 40 years. I think Gordy had it for like 45 years. And now Larkin somehow. He just Goldberg his way up into 37. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fucked. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. Yeah, yeah. Mike, uh, the Red Wings have been around for a while. And, um, you know, we started... Like their guys that keep it forever. That's what I'm well, saying. Well, 
I we we started doing research a while back and then we stopped because we were like, wow, nobody cares at all about this. Um, but when I was doing the research, it, it, it was like flip flopping the first few years. So that's how you get up to 37. Uh, so you have those chunks for guys like Gordy Howe. But uh, then like right at the beginning, it's like uh, your coach was also the captain uh, and he also played. So it got really confusing. But um, <laughs> that would get flipped every year. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's pretty, cra- I, I do highly recommend that anybody who has the time to go look at it, but, uh, obviously, uh, running through the stats and just names, it's not fun podcast content, but if you are interested, it, it is pretty wild to see, you know, you go through a lineup and just see coach captain, you know, first line center, he's all the yeah, above and then he uh, leads the team in points and it's like, Whoa, look at that guy. It's definitely uh, kind of come in full circle. I mean, you know, you figure NHL 21. Well, I'm, you know, obviously I center the top line. I'm also the head coach, uh, <laughs> the GM, and uh, the owner. And yeah, if I well, lose, I'm snapping the disc in half. So what do you think of that? <laughs> uh, well, Mike, uh, I, I would say they picked a great day to announce the alternate captains because nobody's going to be snapping their discs in half uh, because we're so elated by Dylan Larkin. So they snuck in there, uh, the alternate captains. Uh, Mike, from one angle, a perfect pick, especially in regards to the fact that uh, last season we had a Luke Glendening segment um, that you started. So you have to be super stoked for Glendening to be one of the alternates. And we're not really, like, doing anything. We're not changing anything here. <laughs> like, no. Nielsen and Glendening have been alternate captains. Uh, cap- I just have been saying captains, haven't I? Captains. Uh, cap- captains. Uh, they've been alternates for a while, uh, so it's not anything new to see Franz's uh, name on there. And Iserman made reference to um, – I mean, I was, I was posting pictures earlier today of Franz Nielsen's old jersey to remind everybody that, um, yeah, he's he's been an alternate before, so we're okay. It's not like we really <laughs> made that huge of a change. But, yeah. um, you know, Iserman made the point, uh, even though he kind of walked back that point on the next question – <laughs> but he said, but he wanted some veteran leadership to be backing Larkin up. And and when I say he walked it back, he right after that said, well, it's not like captains and alternates like go out to dinner, just them. <laughs> like you can see having... Larkin going, oh man, I go out to dinner with Franz. Oh, <laughs> just texting Heronic at night. I'm sorry, I can't go. We're having a captains meeting. Um, but yeah, he says I have to go to Olive Garden with Franz again. <laughs> but yeah, Steve Steve put that to bed and, and said that's not how this works. Um this is this is something uh I, I don't know. It's almost when he started talking about that, I'll be honest, this is not where I wanted this conversation to go. But it was almost like he was a second away from going, you know what, guys, this is all ceremonial bullshit. <laughs> like it seemed like he was he was like that close. Where he's like, they don't have meetings. They're not up in front of the team every day. I just have to pick a guy. So he, like, he just got done explaining it to Dylan. Listen, it's not like you have to hang out ever. God, you barely have to. See, you're not even on the same line. You're, you barely have to talk. Okay, <laughs> stop giving me all the gripe. All right. Do you see the contract well, I just gave you? God bless America. Ungrateful <laughs> kid. Get in the back seat. I'll turn the car around. Uh, but I, I, I mean, that kind of felt like it's exactly where it was going. But he stopped himself. Uh, so everybody, that's not our official statement. We're saying joking. Oh, it's official. Uh, everybody's like unsubscribe. I can't believe he just said the captain means nothing. Um, 
It's just, uh, it, it was the way Steve Hodgman was talking about it. It was almost like that's where he wanted it, that conversation to go. Look, yeah. guys, it's all bullshit. Don't worry about No. Um, but, you know, essentially what he was getting at was like, this is this is on the ice. This is during practice. This isn't like uh, like it is in the movies. Uh, he talked about Lidstrom and the way that he led was just buying the, the he was on his game at all time. There, there was never a moment where he was not Nicholas Lidstrom. And, uh, you know, we've all, we've read the books, we've heard the stories. Um, so, it, you know, to that end, there's different ways to lead. There's different ways to be the captain was one of his points. But ultimately, it wasn't like this game of like, well, he's the captains are going to be buddies now. But um, yeah. to the no. original point I made, yeah. he did make that comment about how he wanted somebody with some experience uh, to be the, those alternates. Uh, but Mike... I know we're not like thrilled with Franz Nielsen being announced and it, it kind of goes against everything to be excited about, but I thought we could, uh, not that I did a poll, but do you want to play be the GM right now and pick a, an alternate for when uh, Franz Nielsen is <laughs> a healthy scratch halfway through the season? <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, at this point, why is I mean, just make Dan Cleary an assistant captain. Why? Why is Franz Nielsen getting a chance? You know what I mean? I, he's not even going to be employed by us for very long. So many, you know, what? What's? I, I just want to caution everybody. Mike's making the point that a guy who's not going to affect the team, like a Dan Cleary who's not on the team for every. I mean, we've seen it on Twitter, Mike. For everybody that's like, yeah. What? In case you didn't know, Dan Cleary's not on the team. Is that, is that who you're making this point for, Matt? No, I'm making it for anybody that's like, I can't believe this guy thinks Dan Cleary's on the team. Um, that's the that's the comment Mike is making. Uh, but, Mike, if we're going to play the be, be the GM, we have to hear the song. So the question is, Mike, and as I record this later and do the editing, the song is still playing. So I do. Lo- it does sound a lot better when I do that. Uh, Mike, when Franz Nielsen is a healthy scratch about halfway through this season, and he's have and he has as much an effect on this team as Dan Cleary, as you so uh, brilliantly put, <laughs> I still I don't know. I'm iffy about that. Uh, Dan Cleary might have more of an effect than Franz Nielsen, but um, <laughs> originally, Mike, who who is your alternate captain from this it's, Detroit Red Wings roster? Don't worry about what Steve said. Don't take that into consideration. You're the GM. Dan Cleary has a big impact, right? I see him floating around town, making public appearances. He's got an (laughs) assistant captain in his back pocket, all right? Um, But for realsies, if you're going to make me be the GM for somebody on the active roster, easy peasy, one, two, threesy. Let's give it to the Mantha. Ooh. uh, I I think it was the Jim Leland approach, I think, who said – you know, it doesn't worry so much about what's going on in the locker room and who's giving rah-rah speeches. Uh, who's your best player? Those are your leaders. So, I, Mantha is far and away our best goal scorer. He's also one of our biggest people. Um, and in traditional caveman times, the biggest caveman gets to be the captain. So, we've already <laughs> given that to Larkin, so he can be the next best thing. Mantha, give him an A. So the the game that I'm going to play is to just move these letters around because I, I feel like we're pretty forward heavy right now. So I'm going to go to the defense. And as much as I like your pick for Anthony Mantha, I feel like we need some representation from, say, Philip Peronik. So 
Hironer needs this, Mike. Uh, I, I think, I think he, like, I just think he's got enough weight on his shoulders. He doesn't need extra weight on his jersey, man. Give him a break. Don't well, put think, more on him. If you think about it, Mike, this is the best way to make sure there's an alternate captain on the ice for like half the game because he's probably going to be playing like 30 minutes every night. <laughs> so you you put the A on Hironer and. Uh, of course, uh, that, that's our fun way of uh, naming Heronic when we're really excited for Heronic. We all have. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, that A on Heronic, though, you have you have somebody out there to represent uh, from from the Red Wings lineup at, at half half the game, half half the time you have an alternate captain out there. But like I said, more importantly, I think this is a good way uh, to tell Heronic that you you are an important piece of this team. I, I think you could easily just say Danny the Kaiser here too, because he's he's got the longer tenure than Heronic. And I think uh, you know, as worried as everybody was about him not having played, and I'm speaking about the Kaiser, uh, since not this past October, but the previous October before that one. Um, he's still getting a lot of practice time, he's getting a lot of power play time, and we've seen him get some some penalty kill time in practice and in these scrimmages. Um I guess not in the scrimmages, but in, in practice. And I, I, like, it doesn't seem like that's going to be an issue. So you throw him in there too. But I, I, I do like the idea of if we're looking forward into the future, we're looking into our crystal ball of when this core finally starts to form, uh, which if you listen to our last episode with Ryan Lambert, he sees the core starting to form in three years and the core actually working another three years after that. Heronic really does feel like he would be a strong piece to that core. And even if it's not, he's the best defenseman on the team. He's going to be someone solid that we count on for any aspect of this game. If you need some minutes killed, if you need some puck possession, if you need the transition from defense to the forward zone, you can put Heronic out there. And I, I just like that idea that you're not, not only spreading out those letters, you know, put, putting one on the defensive side, but uh, you're, you're really letting Heronic know, like, you you are an important piece to this puzzle. And I, 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 I think that is important for a guy like Heronic. But I do see the point that Eisman's making in regards to age and experience. So, again, it's not like you're going to put it on Bobby Ryan. You're not going to put it on Demistikov. You're definitely, you know, there's so many different names to throw out there. I, you know, Zadina's not getting it. Bertuzzi's on a one-year contract. It's just you put it on, put it on the old guy. I, I just have a problem with a guy who was a healthy scratch at certain points getting it. But yeah, you know, like we just said, we just solved that problem. Either Mantha or Heronic are getting it. Um, yeah, I you know I, I would just want to make sure that it's um, you know somebody who's definitely going to be either on the top line or you know in the top pairing. And arguably, with some of the prospects coming in, you could kind of see Hronik, hopefully, if things go well, kind of tumble down the list a little bit. Um, I mean, I, you know, eventually maybe get to a point where, you know, the Cider Man is coming up and, you know, being our best defenseman. So, I, you know, it would be nice to have... Like, I guess what I'm trying to avoid is having, like, our, our fourth defenseman having an A. I, I kind of like that idea of all your best players. You know, they're not just um leading point wise or leading by example so kind of have that leadership uh vocally and you know with a stick and ice skates um so eh, i'm not against Toronic. it's not like it's a bad pick uh he's definitely one of our best players right now um but yeah I, I would hope that as the the prospects start to uh to bloom 
that you know we can have them be one of the uh, um, you know stitched leaders going forward. Well, speaking of which, uh, Mike uh, Max Boltman was at practice today, so this is day before game day. Uh, and instead of listening to Max Boltman's podcast, Mike, we're going to steal his uh, <laughs> access to practice and uh, talk about these lineups. I, I really, it's so early. We we want so little from this season in regards to I don't know. I don't want to say success because we like success is interpreted in so many different ways. But from points on the standings, like we we don't, we don't need too much. So from from a maybe development standpoint, I want to run through these lines and just kind of get your your eye, Mike. Um, if anything pops out, because last week we talked about are we going to move Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi, Larkin, and Mantha from the first line at any point during the season? And I I just at this point I really don't see any need for it when I when I run through this lineup and with a mix of young players that are going to have an opportunity here. I'm not seeing a lot of it. I'm not seeing a lot of opportunity to be completely honest. Um, so I'll, I'll do this. So let's run from top to bottom. First line, easy peasy Bertuzzi, Larkin, Mantha. We know why they're together. They, they have success. They are like a legit first line, probably top half of the league in regards to formidable to their opponent and production wise. They, they really do get your attention. They have to have your top defensive, uh, pairing against them they they are a legit first line no question right. about it yeah second line Nemistikov, fabry and zadina uh past that point where we need any sort of development so he's going to be that guy that is helping push fabry to the next level and of course the two of them are going to be working together to get zadina worked into his first uh full season and uh i, oh, I say that obviously because uh we're only getting 56 games this year but i like i get it uh, from from an aspect of being able to mix up this line, Mistikov's going to be able to get some faceoffs as well. This is gives this gives us more opportunity to make sure that Zadina is staying in the spot where we want to see Zadina develop, if that makes sense. So from the, the right wing side, we're not mixing him up. If there was ever an issue where Zadina needed to take a faceoff, or somebody else needed to take a faceoff, you've gotten a Mistikov in there. You let Zadina focus on being what Zadina is going to be good at. I think right. that might be giving too much credence to the fact that there's two guys that can give face-offs in this line. But I, I just, I, I like the experience that's there. And I, I just, I like the the variable side of things that can, that can just make things easier for the guy who's probably numero uno uh, to development on this team. Um, or I should say to this line. That this is a terrifying way to put that. This is a terrifying third, line. Third line. If, 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 you know, happens to crack the bed. Uh, then you're rooting, you're hoping that Robbie Fabry learns how to play defense, and uh, Nemistikov is out there by himself. That's so that is great. Zadina you, grabs the you, bed. You just made the point. Oh God, that's such a good point. If if Zadina needs to focus on learning how to be Zadina, then you put Nemistikov on this line because he's not the greatest in any one area, but he's, he's really good in every area that he he plays. So he can be. Uh, a power play penalty kill, but when it's five on five, he's going to be good in his own zone. He's good in the neutral zone and he's good for making some production from an offensive uh, side of things. So if anybody needed to cancel out any <laughs> defensive deficiencies for Fabry, who's now going to be responsible for even more from the center position, uh, it's good to have Nemistikov there and to make sure, again, you can let Zadina focus on being Zadina. Uh, Mike, 
if you just made the Bellin Larkin a C on his jersey, that Robbie Fabry should get that uh, little emoji with the face going, Woo! We don't know where it's going on defense. <laughs> He's taking the face off, so I hope he can uh, kind of direct Sedina. So you just want to have defense is for defensemen, man. That's not for us. That's That ain't our game. And Mysticos, well, let me steer He's you in the background. Here. Come on, we're going this way. Nope, nope, don't listen to him. Oh, 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 let me. Okay, okay, okay. I got it, I got it, I got it. All right. Matt, the third line. Uh, and Gagne. Yeah, with um, some boo-boos. We got to see uh, Brome at the third. This, line. I got to say, this tells me a lot of what they think about Brome and his future. And despite the fact that we titled our last episode <laughs> because of his success in the scrimmages, yeah. I have a lot of fear for what they actually think about him being a part of this team going forward. Um, I shouldn't say fear. I think it's just more reality setting in where you get excited because a guy scored a goal in scrimmaging. Uh, during during a scrimmaging situation, and really you got to come back down to earth and just realize that this is a guy who has been playing over in Europe, and he's ready to go, and that might be the long and short of it of why he's he's out there right now. Maybe they don't see a ton in him. But either way, we're going to find out more. We, we can't find out anything through training camp or scrimmaging, but I'm glad he's out there. Uh, from the perspective of, like, I mean, Ernie's out there. Or, I'm sorry, God, God, I'm skipping lines. Uh, Gagne and Philpola being out there are, are at least going to be able to double up from a, a veteran perspective and helping Brome turn into whatever we think he could be. I, th I think from a, a, the the aspect of a guy learning, I I saw a lot of a guy with a, a high hockey IQ. Like he, he was in good position during the scrimmages and from what we read about in practices, which obviously we're not there, so we're relying on uh, other people's opinions. Uh, he was doing a great job. And again, from a positioning standpoint, knowing where to be, moving the puck at the right times, that's that's what we read about. That's what we saw during the scrimmages. So for him to get doubled up from an experience perspective, I, I worry because we, we can look up like ratings from like elite prospects and see he's not top-tier talent in regards to movement and speed. Um, so... This might this line could be a struggle from the perspective of trying to keep up with anybody else. I that is my number one worry. And when I say that I liked where he was positioning wise, it was something where we talked about in the last episode that he's doing a pr pretty good job of like knowing what he is and making that work to um, his you know just work to his strength um, or, or focus on his strengths and teaming him up with with two. Two guys that are really, I mean, we're, we're, we're looking at somebody that needs some help speed-wise to, to make sure the puck's moving up the ice. This is the line I'm, I'm most worried about. <laughs> and, we still have, and we still have a Nielsen line to talk about. But, yeah, um, I mean, um, uh, you know, it wasn't, uh, gosh, my God, it's been like 20 years now. We used to have two kids and a goat lines. Uh, now it's a kid and two goats lines. Um, so it's, you know, uh, Matias, and then we're going to get into the fourth line with uh, Rasmussen. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of having – what? Uh, kind of – they're like kind of taxi squad right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's make until, you know, Helm and probably Bobby Ryan will take their spots. Um, but, you know, they're kind of having these old guys, I guess, try to make sure the kids don't just go wildly off the rails, you know, if they're kind of unprepared. But – as far as the start of the season goes, you know, I, I kind of see that this is just the, the Red Wings just trying to 
Stay Are we afloat. icing a team? They're <laughs> icing a team. They're just trying to stay afloat. Um, yeah. And it, it kind of feels like what, I, what I'm going to be more, um, I guess, interested by is about halfway through the season when these guys maybe hopefully get a little bit more comfort. Um, and then the line adjustments can be, you know, not necessarily – um, you know, two two old guys babysitting a young guy, uh, maybe a line where it's, you know, it's actually some of the kids all playing together. Um, and then a line of all old guys, you know, on the, on the fourth line getting, you know, the fewest amount of minutes, something like that. So that's, you know, that's that's probably best case scenario. Uh, but we got to watch and hope and, you know, pray that they <laughs> develop like we'd like them to. Um, now here, here, the scary thing, Mike, if this falls in line with how like a normal hockey team develops first line, first pairing kind of thing, at one time you could have Phil Gagne and Mark Stahl out there. I I really am scared for what could happen to this third line when they're out there together. I I gotta say, I like the fourth line, once you throw in Glenn Denning, everything's fine. Like I I'm cool with it. Uh yeah, Glenn Denning. Like You've cool. got uh, Nielsen, and it's still Eiserman's project of Ernie that will just never die. Um, what is it? What, uh, is it Legends Never Die? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, er, Ernie never dies in, in yeah. Steve Eiserman's eyes, so he's he's still plugging away in there, Mike. Uh, I, I have less of a problem with that line than I do with the fact that at one time, based on how hockey works, we should see Philip Lagagne and Stahl on the ice at the same time. That's scary. Uh, to your point, Mike, uh, I mean, there's some easy replacements. Uh, Giovanni Smith, uh, Rasmussen could be plugged in there, and then you've got uh, Lindstrom at any time uh, who's, who's on the taxi squad could be plugged in there. Um, I, we, should, we should mention, too, that Eiserman said today, uh, really condescending to uh, Art Regner, which was, oh, my God, just beautiful. I love, they were all giving him shit today, and it was, I, God damn, do I hate him. So good much um he's so it was just mike we were having this beautiful moment of dylan larkin getting the c and then yeah. it's just everybody's maybe maybe i shouldn't say this because i know my voice is kind of annoying and we've had complaints about my laugh but I, it's just like hey dylan how you doing just want to let you know da, da, da. then it's art regner's turn everybody's like really soft-spoken and dylan's you know he's a professional and it's just Hey, Regner, how you doing, Dylan? Just, um, you know, it's just, it's probably one of those things. Maybe you've already talked about it, but uh, how about the bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Shut the hell up, man. And and what's funny, too, is I shared a couple of times my thoughts of Art Regner, and, and a lot of people agreed. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. Uh, I think we're all ready to bring him out. But um, anyway, Eisenman was, was condescending to Art and, and uh, letting him know, like, just because there's a guy on the taxi squad right now, if I can move him without being touched by waivers, he's going to Grand Rapids. And um, like that that's the long and short of it right there. So if we were worried about anybody just being stuck on the taxi squad, Iserman made that not an issue right away. And he also said, don't worry about like guys that need to get called up because that's for teams that are in different states from their minor league affiliate. We have the Grand Rapids Griffins. And it was cute because he called him GR. That's what everybody calls him on Twitter, and it was kind of fun. But he oh. said, uh, you know, they're they're here in the state. So if we need anybody, they're like a three-hour, four-hour drive away. So it's not a problem. So we might actually, Mike, 
have the smallest taxi squad in the league once this this uh, season gets about midway through and Grand Rapids starts rolling again. Um, and I'm totally fine with that. And and if any if there was any team that should run that and focus on developing their young guys, I love that Steve Eisenman has already let that loose. He's not keeping it a secret. It's not anything that even at this point you'd go, well, why would he even need to keep that a secret? It's just the strategies out there. He's going to go small taxi squad, let everybody develop. And just for now, there's guys that are slotted in there because what else are they going to do? Now they can, you know, now Rasmussen can continue to practice with uh, D Detroit. But um, long story short, Mike, I mean, the, the, the biggest <laughs> issue. The defenseman real quick, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, the biggest issue is line number three for me. Um, um, and it is kind of funny. The fourth line has our two alternate captains. But uh, yeah, on defense, Mike. Um, Nemeth and Heronic, like Nemeth is super solid. Uh, Heronic, like we've been saying, is probably our best defenseman on the team right now. Uh, mm -hmm. DeKaiser would be right there, who's playing with Merrill. And again, this is from today's practice. We're just assuming that it's today's practice, so they're going to be together tomorrow. But uh, and, and we have seen a lot of DeKaiser and Heronic, so that's why I made that comment. But uh, DeKaiser yeah. and Merrill playing together, um, again, I think would be a solid pairing. Uh, Stahl and Stetcher. Stetcher's going to have a lot of work to do, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how long Stahl is going to stay um, on this team. I, I don't know how the waiver wire is going to you know, affect him. I bet he'll be able to go right back to that taxi squad if need be. Um, Would you rather have Mark Stahl right now Yeah, or Jack Johnson? Mm. Jesus. Um God damn. It's it's such a like, like nothing at the end of the show. Yeah. It's it's such a nothing like I don't want to say it's a it's a nothing like you be shot I don't want I want neither of them. Stabbed and then shot. I I want neither of them. I I feel like at least with stall there's a little less baggage that comes along with it. Um I don't know. Maybe if we bring Jack over, then Sidney Crosby will like eventually sign with the Red Wings. And would, you know what? For all the hating we do on Crosby, uh, Mike, I picked him up on my NHL 21 franchise. So he's, oh, he's right now centering Zadina and uh, Lucas Raymond. And they are the best second line in the NHL as Lucas just got his 50th goal of the season. So um, I thought you were going to put uh, Crosby on the fourth line just to really, you know, give it to him. Let it be a third liner on the Grand Rapids. You know, how do you like, came, how do you like Beer City, bitch? Just, they came to me. They came to me with that trade. They they wanted one of my goaltender prospects. And um, I can't remember. One of my defensemen that was like a healthy scratch every day. So I was like, and my goaltender prospect was a 48 overall. Out of 100. Crosby's overall? 87. Just like his number. Actually, after a couple of weeks with us, he, he jumped up to an 89. He just, he likes winning. Um, <laughs> that, those are my feelings on Sidney Crosby. All right. Uh, Mike, I mean, like I said, no real issues here with the pairings. I think I, I kind of like it, like mixing up Heronic into Kaiser. I feel like that's probably what we're headed for on, on the forward side of things. Like we are going to see more of a mix up from that, that perspective. But yeah, Stetcher's going to have a lot of fucking work to do until uh, Stahl gets replaced or until... He gets a fake injury that kind of uh, list uh, like some of the, the way I've seen the pairings dropped, right? Yeah. Like the Kaiser Heronic. No, no, that's a no brainer. You know, that's those are our best guys. But then I keep seeing Stahl and Stetcher at the second pairing and not Nemeth and Merrill. And I thought that Nemeth and Merrill were kind of our like uh defensive men. I, I don't know. I, I would have put them at number two 
not number three. Matt, am I, I missing something? Well, I, today's practice lineups were Nemeth and Heronic, DeKaiser and Merrill, and Stahl and Stetcher. I absolutely put Stahl as our third pairing. I, I don't know. It's it's just got to be something where if they're playing with, like, Zadina's forward line, that's where we're sitting there and drawing the line and saying, I guess they're the second pairing. Like, it, it's... We know. <laughs> we get we get the satisfaction of deciding who the third and you know taxi squad pairing is based on this list that we got from Max today. Um, but there's absolutely nothing that should put stall in anybody's mind for like this guy is he needs to be on the ice the second amount of minutes of any defense or the third <laughs> third sorry third uh, the third most minutes of anybody on this team. I mean this this is a guy that uh, when we talked to the New York Rangers podcast, that they, it, it was just something where, oh my God, we both made out on this trade. I don't have Mark Stahl anymore and you guys got a draft pick. And I mean, that was the conversation. So yeah. it's not a secret to anybody. It's just, I, I think I think this might turn into something where a fake injury pops up, Stahl's not going to finish the season, or eventually it just turns into something where, hey, um, Mort Sider isn't playing in Europe anymore. You're, you're done. <laughs> we can at least slot insider for like nine games, which we were really hoping to see last year. We are going to see it this year at the end of the season. I guarantee it. Um, but that, I mean, that'll be it. This, this is a guy who's a placeholder right now until we can do something more fun and more fun, like not victory wise, but more fun is more insider. Right. All right. Uh, Mike, we have an uh, interview coming up, so we'll roll into that in a second. But uh, just real quick, I think we should start making our picks uh, as, as the season rolls along. We have we have our series um, that, that we'll be going through for the rest of the season. It's like, it's like we're watching baseball this year. Um, one aspect I want to get your thoughts on, and then we'll, we'll jump out of this, because now we're at 40 minutes and we said less than 30. Mike, there's no momentum in baseball. And I brought this up to Zach, who is host of the Cane Train podcast. No momentum in baseball because you've got a new pitcher every day. And the way that baseball works, it's just not a thing. Mike, you're playing the exact same hockey team on the same, like two days in a row. This is going to be where you see the difference that a coach can make. There's going to be adjustments. I think the Red Wings are are actually going to fare a lot better because of this. Like on a night-to-night basis, you're either just going to look so much worse on night number two, or you're going to be able to, if you lose game one, you're going to be able to tie it up in game two. I want to get your thoughts on that. But number one, uh, we are facing the Carolina Hurricanes uh, Thursday and Saturday. Uh, it's 7.30 and then 7 o'clock, I think, are the times. Uh, the Hurricanes are picked to go anywhere from first to third in this division, and I, I honestly am picking them to go first. Um, Mike, they have a strong defense. They've been a coursey nightmare. They've been a possession nightmare for teams uh, for the last few seasons. It's just in their blood. It's their the way that they strategize how they're going to play the game. Uh, third last season in high-danger scoring chances for percentage. Third in just plain scoring chances for Last year we we did not fare well. We lost seven to three, two to nothing, and five to two. And the average score of those three games was four point six seven to one point six seven. <sighs> Analytically, wow. it does not look good. It looks like we are going to get destroyed here for the first two games of the season. And I think it's easy to just say that. But Mike, do you think there's any credence to what I brought up before? Because that's that's our hope. 
It's either goaltending is going to be a 950 for the season, and that's our hope, or it's that there's going to be a lot of opportunity for game-by-game adjustments because you're playing the same team night after night. Um, I think you can – I don't know if there's no momentum in baseball. I think that if you're a hitter, you definitely go on a hot streak. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gently push against that one. But, you know, like the the idea comes from the fact that there's a new like it's like a general idea in baseball because there's new pitchers every day. So you could just be facing a shithole of a pitcher the next day or, you know, the case. I I, I understand that vantage point, but I'm I'm taking it from the other side and saying that, you know, there's hitters who go on hit streaks and they just can't be stopped. Um, You just got to start walking them because they're just hitting everything. Um, Okay, so so that one guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, it's a general, I'm just saying that that's the general idea. Well, generally there are hitting streaks. So anyway, um, what I will say is that um, if you want to look at a, uh, a guinea pig for this situation, it's NBA where uh, teams have um, started doing it like baseball, where you do a series, you, you know, uh, will play the same team two times in a row and then, you know, move on to the next guy. Um, and it seems like, it hasn't been back-to-back blowouts for anybody. It feels like it's kind of been a 50-50 split. Mm-hmm. Um, like, adjustments are made. The teams kind of get used to each other. Um, and it has led to one of the most, uh, like, convoluted win-loss records for everybody, where everybody, like, every almost every team outside of, like, a few um, outliers up top and a few outliers, high pistons at the bottom. Most of the teams are within a game or two of 500, and they're all just kind of going like this. Um, they're so interchangeable. And it kind of feels like hockey might might do the same thing. I mean, this is a sport, uh, you know. It, there's a lot of parity, and that's how we've, you know, kind of seen, you know, teams, you know, go worst to first, uh, you know, from one season to the next. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's that – um, Perfect. it wouldn't be that shocking to see, you know, teams kind of, you know, go in half, you know, 50, 50 with these, um, games against the same team. So I, I would be surprised if there's, you know, somebody just going 10 and 0 out of the gate. I, I think you're going to see it tops, you know, like a, a seven and three or a six and four. Well, I, I, I was going to say, um, I, I'm going to walk away from this and say, we're going to go, um, I'm going to say it's going to be a 50-50 split. I, I don't I don't really want to put a finger on it, but this will be a tie. We'll say we'll say the series we this walk away say, from. I, yeah, I would say, too, for the Red Wings, this one is and one. almost an ideal situation if you're a garbage team and you're going to be playing young guys and, you know, you want them to learn. And the only way to learn is to make mistakes. And then you got to just go back out there and just try and, you know, keep some piece of the error that you made in the last game. And it's going to be easy. You basically get to replicate it against the exact same team and get yourself right back in the situation in a crunch season. Um, and, you know, hopefully that what's going on in the NBA can kind of rub off on the Red Wings where, you know, you don't bottom out and have a historically bad year. Um, you can, you know, take those learning experiences and uh, not be the greatest team in the division. We don't have the talent yet for that, but, you know, at least be competitive. Well, I, I'm glad you said that because I actually brought that point up to Zach and we're, we're going to roll into this interview now. Um, but I brought it up right at the end of the episode and I said, you know what? I, I do think at the, by the end of this season, uh, there's not going to be a ton of separation from like from the middle teams. There might be some outliers. And if you're going to pick a, a bottom outlier, 
it makes sense to pick the Red Wings after last season, but I think there's just going to be less of a separation even between the outliers and who's in playoff contention kind of thing. So for, for however you want to divide this up, there's going to be, I think it's, it's going to be something when at least in March, late March, I think we're still going to be looking at this going, oh my gosh, if we win like four games in a row, which is a lot, that is a lot in hockey. If we win four games in a row, like we're right back in this thing. Like I, I, I think that's the game we're going to be playing this year, but that's, that has to come from a split and I, I'm going split with the Carolina Hurricanes, by the time Mike we're speaking on Sunday, we'll we'll know what happened. If we're zero and two, I apologize. But uh, for anybody for anybody looking to make some bucks, um, if you bet the Red Wings twice, you'll come out on top. Yeah, I think you're gonna get one. <laughs> well, let's, uh, the right one. let's let's wrap up here. Um, uh, you guys can find us at Bod Hockey. We'll be live tweeting the games um, and. Uh, I guess if that's if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, uh, but follow along. We do have our season preview. It's available on BODpodcast.com slash Red Wings Rant. And of course, that BODpodcast.com is a reference to the Brothership Discussion. Mike, you and I are about to go split up and watch some pro wrestling. So if anybody's watching us right now and they are wrestling fans, uh, I'm going to be tuning into NXT, watching some Dusty Classic. Mike, you're going to be watching that other shit show, AEW. Hey! Everyone watching that shit. Uh, I'm just kidding. Hero! It's, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty jealous. I don't watch Dusty. Um, but yeah, find find us at BOD Podcast if you guys want to follow along with that conversation. It gets really confusing because people are like, how are they tweeting about both shows? But it's because there's two brothers. All right. Um <laughs> thanks for thanks for listening to this part, everybody. So hang tight. You'll get that uh first series preview with uh, myself and Zach from Kane Strain coming up right after this. <laughs> Hey everybody that's familiar but Hurricanes fans, my name is Matthew Clink. I am representative of the Brothers of Discussion that hosts uh, Red Wings Rant, uh, just like the Hurricanes podcast, Canes, oh wait, what, what, I'm already saying it wrong, Canes Train, I'm calling it the Hurricanes podcast, uh, every Monday and Thursday, uh, so hopefully you'll hear enough of an individual that is coping pretty well, I like to think with the situation we're currently in. But uh, Zach, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself uh, to all the Red Wings fans. Yeah. What's up, Red Wings fans? You hanging in there? You doing all right? <laughs> Hope you guys are all right. The, uh, the owner the owner of the uh, stronger of the Sveshnikovs. Yes, sure. <laughs> with, with glass bones, apparently, unfortunately. Uh, I'm Zach. I host the Cage Train podcast uh, on the Hockey Podcast Network, obviously talking about the Hurricanes, also talking about Literally anything, uh, but mostly about the Hurricanes. So, uh, yeah, there you go. How's that for an intro? It was it was perfect. And I, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do one here. Uh, everybody, make sure you follow along with the Red Wings podcast at uh, Bod Hockey and and Zach. Where can everybody follow Kane Strain? At Kane Strain Pod. Nice. Oh, that's that's much cleaner. All right, <laughs> well, let's let's jump in here. Well, I was I was already uh, thrown at you before we even uh, got recording here. I, like my struggle to think like, how do I, how am I going to prepare for this? Cause I want to do one of these. And I, uh, Zach, I hope you'll have the opportunity to do one of these with each team in uh, the central division presented by uh, discover. I, I hope you have the, the opportunity to speak with some other teams, but I, I started thinking like, Oh my God, I'm going to have to explain over and over 
that our best hope this year is that we see some improvement from from the litany of plus four goal losses. And by that, I mean, we lost by four goals or more. <laughs> so that, I mean, yeah, even if you listen to uh, today, today and tomorrow, we're going to get a lot of Steve Eiserman, who's our uh, GM, if you're not familiar. Uh, even he is sharing that sentiment, which is, um, you know, honestly, it's it's good to hear from our GM, but it really does show the the point that we're at. Uh, the fact that our GM it refuses, good on him, refuses to put a timetable on when we will be successful. And uh, of course, like I just said, shares that sentiment that uh, this year is all about improvement. We are not cup contenders whatsoever. Um, but I do, I do, uh, I want to get your 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 baseline thoughts then, Zach, and. Because you, you were talking about it uh, on your latest podcast that you do feel, uh, I don't know, bad. You There's some maybe some pity for <laughs> Red Wings and Red Wings fans right now. Um, but, yeah, we're, I mean, you don't you don't like hate us, right? You, this no. Fight, 2002. That's too long ago. Okay, it's too good. long ago to still to still hate anyone, you know? <laughs> no, none of those players play anymore. It's too hard to keep the hatred going. I tried, but, you know, it wears off after a while. That's good to hear. Um, I mean the the burn and the burning hate I will always have for the Blackhawks, the Penguins, and the Leafs. Yeah, um, right. yeah that, you're just a better person, I think. Is <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, um, yeah. The Red Wings. Um, I mean, I talked about this on my last episode, like you mentioned. You like me have been tagged in. I don't know. 432 different predictions of right. the central division and and who's finishing where uh and i always see you know the hurricanes are one two three depending on who you ask uh um, right. and pretty consistently the red wings are like seven and eight and i'm like these guys are just getting tagged in all of these things basically just saying like just hey you guys are bad did you know that and you're like yep we're aware uh but yeah i mean i honestly i I don't know that Detroit's the worst team in the central, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, I think uh, there's a few teams down there that are don't really know what to make of them. And just like every other team in the league, Detroit has plenty of really good pieces. I mean, they're top players. Like I get scared every time they're on the ice, you know? So uh, it it is super fast. To to touch on that, it's definitely something. I mean, we both see it, like what the difference is going to be from goaltending, uh, from a goaltending perspective. I mean, uh, from my, from my perspective on, on the hurricanes, that is the one thing that would keep me from saying that you are for sure. Number one in this division, no problem. And that, I don't, I don't know how you feel. And of course, that's why I want to have these conversations just to get a better idea. Like, how should I feel about this goaltending? But I mean, um, for, from that, uh, yeah, like going back to those, uh, on a daily basis, getting reminded of, uh, that we're going to be at the bottom of this division. I mean, it was reason enough not to sleep in so that I didn't wake up to 50 notifications. Yeah. Get excited for what those were. <laughs> and all of them are like, you're, allowed, you're eighth. Yeah. Just so you know, eighth, eighth place. Yeah. It's got to be nice. Uh, I mean, it, and and actually to come back on goaltending too, uh, I, I do agree with you with uh, goaltending probably being the key aspect and us going maybe from eighth in this uh, division to, to seventh. Uh, because I, I think, I think there's a huge gap. Like there, there's something in regards to having formidable goaltending, but there's a gap between what the Blackhawks are going to be <laughs> serving up this year. Yeah, I don't know what that's going to be. Um, 
I mean, we uh, just so you know, we we actually spent a whole season last year discussing why Jonathan Bernier should be in Hart Trophy conversations. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the level of high danger shots that Bernier yeah. had to face compared to other goaltenders in the league, and the fact that he still came on top of a 900 save percentage yeah, is, is mind blowing. But um, yeah, I, I guess that let me let me start this off. I'll pretend. We'll, we'll, we'll pretend this is how people talk in the coffee shop when they're talking hockey. Sure. <laughs> where, where, where do you where, my hockey talk, you... by the way, in the coffee what, shops? That's what was that? That's where I do all my all my uh, hockey talk in all the coffee shops. Nowhere else. I, I like to find the oldest guy in the coffee shop because he usually has the loudest, <laughs> most entertaining coffee shop or uh, conversation in the coffee shop. Yeah. Um, but sticking with goaltending, uh, I, I could make my claims about uh, Bernier. You know, we jokingly throw that out there, the Hart Trophy nods. But um, even to, you know, adding Thomas Grice, I think before last season, I think we all, as Red Wings fans, the, like the, the local perspective would have been, he's obviously better than Bernier. After last season, we saw Bernier go through the struggles and still come on top. So we're looking at it not being great goaltending tandem, not the best in the league, but we're still looking at a 1A, 1B kind of thing. So that's where we're at. Where do you see your Canes at right now? Because like I said, that's that's where I see that struggle of me going, I want to pick you guys to win the division. I want you to be my team this year. Because usually, I, I, to be completely honest, Hurricanes have been on the top of my list for the last few seasons. I, I just, it's with the possession uh, game that the Hurricanes play, it's yeah. one of the most fun games of hockey. I, agree. Uh, I think in the NHL. So I, I think more people need to notice this. But um, all right, let me ask the question. <laughs> where, where, how do you feel about the, the goaltending right now? Do you, am, I, am I putting too much of uh, an emphasis on this being an issue? Do you think it's going to be less of an issue once I see a couple of games against the Red Wings? Uh, I mean, to be honest, like you, every, every person that would talk about the Hurricanes – would mention that the goalies are a problem or or could be a problem. This is this is my stance on goaltending in general. Is just that I mean, who was who do we think was the best goalie in the league two years ago? Sergey Bobrovsky, probably. Okay. Hey, there you go. How well did he do last year? You know, exactly. I mean, Carrie has Carey Price not had multiple seasons where you're just like, what is this guy doing? And uh, you know. He's obviously a great goalie. Like, there's a lot of great goalies out there, yeah. um, but they're they tend to be inconsistent. It's a tough position to gauge, and it it really has so much more to do with the the people in front too, because I mean the fact that a guy like John Gibson isn't mentioned every single year as you know a top three to five goalie in the league, the dude is unreal. But he plays for Anaheim, and he's you know right. like you said, same situation, high danger chances left and right. Um, so I'm sorry, no, I, I'm like freaking out right now. No, it's fine. <laughs> Keep them quiet. I, it's actually, so you're reminding me of all the conversations that we had about, uh, the NHL draft. And, um, I, I, I wonder if this is kind of going in the opposite direction, but I, I hear a lot of parallels where people, Red Wings fans were making the argument to, to draft, uh, Askarov. And mm. my argument against that was you could get Carey Price. But every, I mean, most of the time when you're looking at his season statistics, I mean, you don't, you, you can't put a finger on what you're going to get because it's just that's how goaltending is in the NHL. And there's, there's too many oh, yeah. variables. I mean, we're talking about a rubber puck bouncing on ice. 
So yeah. to say that somebody's the best goaltender in the league, it, you're still facing a rubber puck bouncing on ice. Yeah. It's so I, I, I wonder then if this could be that, like, everything works out a law of averages. Like, to your point, this could just be that year that the goaltending works out for the Hurricanes, and it's something that we're all kicking ourselves going like, well, maybe it wasn't that bad to begin with. I heard I heard someone I, I uh, listened to a lot around the team on a podcast this morning say, if Martin Jones can win a Stanley Cup, then <laughs> Peter Morozik and James Reimer can win a Stanley Cup. And I was like, that's it. That's the statement I've been looking for to prove the point. <laughs> Is that, you know, I mean – you want like I don't I don't know that anyone's going to compete with like Andre Vasilevsky, who to me like if I had to pick one goalie to go with, uh, you know I mean if you if we're doing a right. fantasy draft of everybody gets to pick who they want, I mean that's the goalie I'm picking. Uh, I just think he's consistently the the best at what he does. Um, but like outside of that, I mean there's a lot of guys. There's there's a few tiers of guys, and and you can't lean on one person anymore. And you're definitely not going to be able to lean on one person this year. When I don't know, I mean, the travel the travel aspect makes it a little different, but you're still playing a lot of games and not a lot of days. So you're going to need two guys. And to me, that's the model of the one A one B makes sense. One because guys tend to get hot streaks. Like, wouldn't you rather have two guys that can have hot streaks and you can alternate between them? I'm, I mean, that's. That's honestly yeah. how the Hurricanes got to the playoffs in 2018. They had Curtis McElhaney pick them up off waivers. Didn't expect for him to do anything but fill a gap, you know, when Scott Darling was hurt. We all know how that went. I mean, Scott Darling was not good, and Curtis McElhaney got on a hot streak, and, I mean, pretty much took the team to the playoffs with a, with a stretch of, I think it was like a February, where he just had insane numbers. And then, you know, when he started dropping off, Peter Morozik was like, all right, it's my turn. And they did it. And the same thing happened last year. I mean, I just think the two goalie system is the way to go. It also makes sense money wise. Like you're going to drop 8 million into one guy. And what happens when he's not producing? All you have left to spend now is like, you know, a replacement level goalie. So now you're, I would rather, I would rather have two starting goalies or, you know, even if they're French starting goalies that I can rely on putting in the net every night. I think from a from a management perspective too, like you're, we talk about this all the time on our show. Like we we go way too deep into like <laughs> the the business side of things. But you, you once you're paying a goaltender that much, and that's where I go against an Askarov because you know what? If he does do great, you are going to pay him a shit ton of money. Yeah. So you yeah, you want to avoid that exactly. You want to <laughs> avoid that because then you're asking him. Well, if we're going to pay you this much money, you've got to put in like 60, 70 games. And by the time the playoffs roll around, you're having that same conversation that, you know, I mean, Canadians fans and, and Rangers fans have all, had all the time of, uh, you know, talking about Lumpfist uh, being like, oh, he's just, he got tired once we hit the playoffs. You know, yeah. you know make it to a Stanley like Cup final. But... games in a row. Like, what did you expect? Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I totally am, I don't know, I, I feel like enlightened by this conversation because I... <laughs> I do. If uh, if I felt like another division ranking had to go out there, which I don't, <laughs> if I did feel it, I would feel more comfortable about putting the Hurricanes at uh, at number one. Um, but I, I do want to ask you from a from a. I'm assuming you're a Hurricanes fan, then. Yes. Okay, good. Because uh, we we run into that in the Hockey Podcast Network where somebody's actually not a yeah. fan of the team. Yeah. But. Um, how how does it feel though to like kind of look at everything from a national perspective? I just listened to um uh actually I know you you had down goes brown. Um yeah. 
So I, I know you're familiar with puck soup, but uh, you know, these guys are running down the line and saying easily uh, top two team in the division. Like how much fun is that to hear? Because I, I just, I think I want to live vicariously through you right now. <laughs> well, it's a lot of fun. And um, you know, I feel like the hurricanes and the red wings could be in, maybe opposite trajectories from recent history because I mean I don't know if you're aware but the Hurricanes were pretty pretty bad and kind of a joke of the league for a while they missed playoffs for almost a complete decade Um, and so this resurgence of oh all these players we were promised were going to turn into good pieces like oh this group actually did you know Um, so it's it is really cool to be talked about as a contender like I've never really experienced that before as a Hurricanes fan in my life. The only time we've had big success, you know, winning a Stanley Cup and, uh, you know, going in in 2002. I mean, no one one thought that they were going to do that either of those years. In 2006, everyone was picking the Hurricanes to finish, like, not last, but fairly close to it. Um, So I've never experienced this before. I I think it almost is overcorrecting. I think people assume that the hurricanes are going to be amazing. And I, you know, where sometimes I'm like, well, they still have a little bit to, to, you know, stuff's got to go right for them to really do that. But to be talked about as, you know, maybe not quite a elite contender level, but someone who could win a Stanley cup and you, it wouldn't be a surprise story is uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. I have, I have never, it's the first time for me. So it's cool. I I actually absolutely love, the way that you told that story, because everything that is coming the Red Wings way, and I th- I think it's tough for, for anybody to even want to do a conversation and feel bad about the Red Wings, because everything that's coming mm-hmm. our way is also well-deserved. We, I mean, yeah, like 20, 25 straight years of playoffs, there's going to be, there were, I mean, a, I've been talking about it for uh, the last year and a half since this podcast has been running. But there's so many decisions that go into making sure another playoff happens instead of trying to build a team. And you just start running this thing further and further into the ground. And of course, we just saw probably and I I have no problem saying this. I know Red Wings Twitter gets all up in arms. Um, Probably one of the worst hockey teams ever last season. I I have no I have no qualms. I, I, I think it's. It's safe to say, with with how many uh, you know multiple goal losses went on to the uh, onto the record books there, that goal but differential was in, intense. Was, I was <laughs> I was really hoping we were going to break some records. Um, <laughs> you, you, that that's what you lose, you know, because of COVID. You, all those opportunities to break <laughs> yeah. records last year. That's True. that's the tragedy in it all. All right, uh, I, all right, take that back. Oh, uh, that, that's a little too far. Um, <laughs> so. <clears throat> Where do we want to take this next? I think um, I think ultimately everybody knows how I feel. I, I'm I'm having fun with the fact that uh, the Red Wings are so close to last. I think it actually is probably the easiest podcasting job of any any team on the Hockey Podcast Network right now because I I just get to sit here. I don't have to worry at all about winning. I don't have to trash talk. The only time I trash talk now is when we get those odd wins every now and then. And it's, it's Screw almost you, like, I'll take the, take the <laughs> Oh man, those poor guys. Um, that, those were tough conversations, but um, like even to that end, like I start trash talking and everybody is just kind of like, ah, let them trash talk. Who cares? <laughs> <They do laughs> he know. deserves this. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
Yeah, I, I think like this is this is a time and I, I just spoke with uh, with Ryan Lambert on our, our last uh, podcast episode. And he said um, and, and we've been throwing this sentiment out there, but let's get the guy who, who's been uh, working in, in hockey a lot longer than me. But he, he said it like this is what this is what a team like the Red Wings should be hoping for right now. We are so far from the Stanley Cup. Don't hope to get into the middle. You, you have to suck until you can make that leap up to the top. Um, yeah. Which, um, you know, uh, I, I think like what you were just saying, I think, I think the hurricanes now in that, that top, that top section, that top tier. And, uh, it's gotta be fun to watch. Now it's hot. Now I, I want to talk about what puts you in that top tier. Uh, and I guess I can start with, with, uh, what to look out for, for the Red Wings since I'm, uh, I'm going to ask you the question, but, uh, for the Red Wings, who to look out for, I would say for hurricanes fans, uh, is absolutely. Anthony Manta, as long as he stays healthy. Yeah. Uh, this this is a cat who could be honestly competing for some uh, some hardware at the end of the year based on what his points per 60 are. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that competes with the top of the league, uh, but his contract and everything that happened in the offseason and where he stands in regards to, I, th- I think, a national perspective is because of all the missed time. And this is a guy, too, that... Before, I think last season, he was labeled as injury prone and he gets into a scrap, breaks his hand, pretty much done for the year. And it just continues that narrative of being injury prone, even though this is some that was completely avoidable. All he had to do is not get in a fight. Right. So that end, I mean, this is the guy that I, I'm going to ask everybody this year to make sure they're keeping an eye on as long as he's staying healthy. I, I mean, this is, last year when he was completely healthy, game one throws in four goals. And I, I think from that moment, then we start to see uh, his, his own health deteriorate and then the production went down. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know what you guys see from, from an Anthony Manther, if that name still like if yeah. that does anything from a national perspective. But I know like today we announced still and Larkin's our captain. This is going to be a guy I think in the long run is going to be. Um, He's gonna be he's gonna be your selkie guy. This this is gonna be a hardworking individual who's gonna put up enough points. And you know what a silly thing is that you have to put up points to be recognized and for selkie. But uh, he'll, he'll get that recognition because he's gonna put up enough points to get noticed. But Manta's gonna be that guy where it's like when he's on the ice. I, I'm telling you, even in these uh, silly scrimmage games, uh, he he looks not not that he's a small hockey player, but he's not the biggest guy out there. Um, but he just carries himself in such a way. He does look like a giant among boys and it's just the speed that he's skating with the agility and the way he's moving the puck. Uh, like you will see despite the Red Wings, probably from line two, three, and four, uh, being those opportunities for the, the hurricanes to get on top of the Red Wings. That first line, I think is going to be as formidable as any first line hey, in the NHL. Yeah. And that's so, what I always say when I talk about the teams like Detroit is that every team has at least one line. I mean, if they top load their line, every team is going to be able to put out a first line that's like, oh, those guys are really good. Like no one would argue that guys like Mantha and Larkin right. aren't good. I mean, they're extremely good. They're super talented. Dylan Larkin is one Absolutely. of my favorite players to watch play hockey. Like they just, yeah, they they will hurt you if you let them. And that's why the only the only thing that holds them back and you know 
is the is the structure to me for Detroit. Like Detroit can play up and down like what I would consider like pond hockey esque style. Well, like, I mean, they have the pieces to hurt you if you do that. I think Ottawa, um, especially when they had like the Duchesne Stone and Dezingle line, even though right. they weren't a great team, they were another team that if you let them play that way, they were going to hurt you and they were going to score a lot of goals. But you give up, as you, as you talked about with the goal differential stuff, I mean, you give up a lot of goals when you play that way. Um, I think that you can force a lot of teams, though, into getting a little outside of their structure. And I think that Detroit is a team that if they if they if they play that fast paced game that they want to play and they get some of these teams that maybe grind a little bit more or have a little bit more, you know, um, like a neutral zone structure that wins them games. It, it's it's not always easy to, to stay on that when this other team is trying to push you to play this super fast up and down game. Like when you fall into that, to right. me, it's a 50 50. Like that's why I don't think it's smart to to fall into that but um you know that's why i think they could they could uh have some cause some problems for a lot of teams in the division i think that's that's probably like to sum up where the red wings uh need to head this year just for you know the hurricanes fans listening i mean it, it might just turn into let's see what we can do with these guys if we let them loose i, I yeah. think ultimately that's what the rest the whole season's gonna look like where eiserman said he's looking for improvement um Blashell, our, our head coach, he's he's the he's the player's coach. He's gonna know that he wants to coach these guys up to make sure they look as good as possible for when contract time is coming up. And right. and that's something that um at least from the perspective of like how, how do we get how did we get like these bargain uh players uh from our, our defensemen getting loaded up, um a couple of forward signings, how do we get them to come over here? It's, I mean, that's one of the elements they say it's, it's because of the conversation they had with Steve Eiserman, but we also feel like have that, um, that guy behind the bench, that's going to look out for these guys first. So yeah. to that end, I, I think he would coach this team to lose, but to elevate the players that could elevate themselves in that scenario. Um, but it's, it's so funny, like to have those conversations about like, uh, the, the style of play that we should do to try and just stay in these games. I, I, I mean, you, you brought up like that grinding style and trying to maybe copy what the Islanders do to, to get, a, to squeak out a win. But then like to go back to my conversation with Ryan Lambert in the last episode, um, why would we want to do that? <laughs> what, why, why not just, just suck our way to the bottom and uh, compete with the Blackhawks uh, on a, on a goaltending fight to see who, who comes up, you know, who has the, the larger goal differential, but um, that, I mean, that's the long and short of it. I, th I think if um, like the hurricanes seem to be like the perfect team to take out the Red Wings with puck possession, it, it's just something that from top to bottom, you guys could do it. And if you can just keep the puck away from that first line, if it's something where they're hoping for, and, and Mantha's putting out there, he wants to make sure he gets 10 shots a night. It's <laughs> a lot. Goddamn. Yeah. That's uh go for it. Dude. Um, yeah. So if he if he's playing the game where this this is where he's going to need to catch up on another night, which I think is a very good possibility uh, for most nights. But uh, if you keep that puck away from the first line, I, I mean, to me, this looks this looks as easy as it could be. I mean, we we talk about last year, uh, or we could, I should say, three and zero for the Hurricanes. Uh, you you guys held the possession to fifty two percent, and I. I uh, uh, from from a Corsi perspective, which I think is an amazing number considering 
you had such large leads and you'd think that you'd let up a little bit from the mm-hmm. Hurricanes perspective. And and you did. And you could see those numbers in the third period kind of scale back to the Red Wings side. But it was uh, 4.67 to 1.67 was the average score through those three games. It's a 7 to 3, a 2 to nothing, and a 5 to 2. Um, I just... Uh, and I want to get your perspective on on the players to watch from the Hurricanes, but just to kind of finish up that I I, I kind of feel like this is that perfect formula. Like uh, I, I want to tell everybody to watch out for Mantha, but I'm scared these first couple of games, nobody's going to know what he looks like yet. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I mean, so just like I mentioned, I worry about the, I feel like the Hurricanes did a good job last year with teams like Detroit, um, but not always. And I think if you look, if you were to go back and watch the tape on those games, you'd see that there were there were plenty of times where the Hurricanes fell a little out of their structure, and maybe Detroit was even, you know, taking control of the game for for stretches, um, which is something that, of course, it's going to happen over the course of a game. Like you're not going to just dominate a team right. start to finish. They're gonna they're gonna push back some, um, but. The Hurricanes are lucky to have Rod Brindamore, who's a coach that, you know, knows how to play the game right. He's not going to let you fall into that consistently. So if they stick to their structure, there's no reason they should have trouble against Detroit um, because, like you said, I think that they're modeled well to handle um, Detroit's kind of top line guys. Like there's, I mean, if we're being honest, there's not a ton of scoring depth, but they have really good you know, elite level talent on that first line. Um, the Hurricanes are lucky in that they have, you know, Jacob Slavin, Brett Pesci, Dougie Hamilton, Brady Shea now. Um, I mean, that's a pretty good uh, top four. They've also got Jordan Stahl, Sebastian Ajo, and Tavo Teravainen have become really good uh, two-way players who are, you know, penalty kill. Like, I mean, they do a good job of shutting out other teams' top lines down. So I think that it will come down to matching first lines. Um, I don't know what the Hurricanes' first line will be right now. It could be, it, I mean, it's been Aho, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, it's been <laughs> it, it, it's been that. I think that that turns the Hurricanes into a team that hopes for depth scoring, but has a guaranteed top line. Um, but whatever it is, it'll be Aho and Tara Vine and most likely together. Those two never leave each other's side. Um, and it will be a, a matchup of first lines. Can can the Hurricanes' top line? consistently produce offense and shut Detroit's top line down and vice versa. Detroit will be trying to do the same thing. You know, if they can, if those guys can hold the Canes first line in check, um, they're going to have a much better chance of success. So to me, that's, that's going to be a big story. Um, I still think the hurricanes have the edge because of, you know, the second and third line can probably do a little bit more damage than Detroit's second, third line guys can, but you never know. I mean, that it's, it's going to come down to, every every night's going to come down to your best players you know how do they perform your best players have to be your best players if they're not and the other team's best players are their best players then i mean any team can beat any team so i i never take one for granted i like the hurricanes chances but I, like i think it would be very difficult to not lose against detroit this year like i don't i don't see that as likely uh, that's, yeah it, it comes so back hard to, to do it. it comes back to the rubber puck on yeah. on slug ice um I threw out there uh, another name that um, I, I think if if you're a hardcore hockey fan, you know Zadina's on the Red Wings. But this mm-hmm. is something I, I would at least uh, tell the Hurricanes fans to keep an eye on because uh, he's been playing over in Europe. So this is a guy that's been playing high-level hockey for the last few months. So 
sure, maybe at the tail end of the season, he's going to be more tired than everybody else. But this is a guy that's game ready. So I would I would watch out for him. I'd watch for him to make a huge difference on the power play for the Red Wings, too. I think um, he he does have that potential for the elite shot. But what we saw last year from him was just a lot of hard work. A guy that uh, despite the the notion that this is going to be a high, highly skilled shot, highly skilled offensive player. Um, we just keep seeing, kept seeing a guy that would uh, uh, kept his nose to the grind and was in the corners trying to win battles, which is huge for a team struggling like the Red Wings. Um, yeah. So that'll be, that'll be something that considering he's been playing in uh, European hockey for the last few months, I, I think that'll make a huge difference for him and he'll be able to stand out these first couple of weeks and kind of probably skate a little bit faster than everybody kind of have a rhythm going, even though, Everybody's been in training camp for a couple of weeks. I still, I guess I would put that on tier, like tier two for guys to watch out for. Um, but if we have any hope, uh, I think this, this whole season of like stealing some wins or like, uh, like I'm looking at this, like a baseball series. If, if we want to say who's going to win the series or if we could tie a series, right? it's going to be Zadina making that difference uh, through special teams and um and yeah, just I guess at the beginning of the season, really being able to get his well worked out legs moving a little bit better than everybody else's. Yeah. Um. All right. So we're at a half hour. I asked you for that. Um. <laughs> I hope. Uh, I don't know. I, like I said, this is this is going to be a little bit of, a little bit of a stumble on the way out because there were some other things I wanted to ask. Um. Especially if uh, where, where that interest level was for. Uh, you know, I mean, eventually you want to see Evgeny Svechnikov on your team, right? To to try him out with Andre. I'm sure Andre does. I just want to see them play. <laughs> they talk about it all the time. Like, when is it going to happen? Yeah. And then finally, they're like, "It's gonna, it's finally going to happen." And then they're like, "No, he's not playing." And we're like, "Well, cool. I guess it'll just never happen." I'm just convinced I- at this point that it will it will never happen. Like, there's the forces of the universe are like, "No, if you two play together, the world ends. We can't have it." <laughs> I really thought. I really thought the waiver wire. Uh, this past week for Sveshnikov meant he was going to be a hurricane just for funsies. I, I you know, I, I see it as almost a no risk if the hurricanes took him. Like it's, it's still low salary. Uh, if it doesn't work out, see ya. But um, I'm happy. He's, I'm, I'm happy he's still Red Wing for the time being. So I feel like that experiment isn't quite over. But um, yeah, I, 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 this was an absolute blast. I think we should check in as the season goes on. Uh, maybe uh, we'll have a different conversation where uh, I'm talking about squeaking into the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm like, damn, Detroit is like, you know, 30 and seven right now. What happened? <laughs> well, hey, you know, I, and I did the one thing I did miss too is that this this could also just come down to goaltending. And if, um, you know, like, all joking aside, you're going to play two games in a row. There's a good shot that things get figured out in that second game from a, uh, whoever like adjusts the best going into that second game. I think it's going to be huge this entire season where there's no momentum in baseball. It's like that uh, that common phrase that's that's thrown out there. And it's hard to like make real adjustments with different pitchers coming out uh, game to game. Yeah. But for hockey, this is going to be goaltending changes. This is going to be lineup changes. This is who's going to make that change to try and get you know, get one up on the other guys, try and get two games in a row. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that the entire league is going to be pretty close in regards to points. It's going to be scrunched yeah. up a little bit tighter than everybody else because mm-hmm. you're going to be able to make those night by night adjustments. So that, that could be enough right there. Something to look out for hurricanes, yeah. Red Wings fans. And now I'm holding you three minutes over when I said you're I would. Fine. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know if you have any last thoughts on there. I don't want to take it over. No, I mean, All right. I don't think so. I mean, go listen to everybody's shows, you know. <laughs> That's a good one. I will say that uh, um, I don't even remember what I was going to say. It doesn't matter. It wasn't important. Well, hey, uh, <laughs> everybody, keep, keep your eyes peeled, too. We've got uh, – there's a Hockey Podcast Network uh, – jersey giveaway going out there so everybody uh listening to this make sure you check out our our twitters it's at hockey pod net for uh the entire brand and then uh like i said at bod hockey for the red wings and zach here's what train pod perfect all right um if this ends my show this is a good way to say thanks for tuning in everybody and uh good meeting all you hurricanes fans same here thanks for tolerating me red wings fans Gentleman and a scholar. Everybody, (laughs) he's a joy. All right. We'll do it again sometime. Yeah.